Evolutionary Or podcast coming your way. Number 336, guys. 336 episodes. That's amazing. Steve Smee here and Rick in the house. Back in the house. Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Well, doing good, buddy. But you, you had a little transitioning surgery um, recently. You want to tell everybody about it? <laughs> um, I had a dental implant put back in. I have uh, some titanium screws in my in my jaw. When I was uh, when I was a teenager, we we, we didn't have uh, a lot of money and didn't have insurance or anything. And some like charity work place messed up some of my molars. They ended up having to be removed. That was just too expensive to get them fixed by a real dentist. And now that I've gotten older and worked a little something, I've had those molars implanted back into my face, uh, about four of them, titanium screws. So it's not perfect. Sometimes they'll fall out, especially I have a really strong bite. I've got all these muscles around my head. I'm like a pit bull. So I have a strong bite and, and sometimes I'll you know, the difference between those titanium implants and, and your real teeth is when one of your real teeth gets loose a little bit for whatever reason, it'll, 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 if you leave it alone, it'll, it'll grab back on, you'll be fine. But those implants, once you get an implant, if it loosens a little bit off the bone, it, it's just on its way out. It's never going to like heal back in. So, so was that a painful surgery? Were you asleep or did you just, did they numb it? Oh no, they numb it. They numb it. It's it's still pretty uncomfortable and painful, but they numb it. They she, she you know she goes in there, rips open the the gum because at that point, where the where the molar used to be, it, it's healed. So she rips open the gum and starts injecting uh, anesthesia, and then she starts drilling and drills until it hurts. Once it hurts, I raise my hand, pulls the drill out, and right in the hole where she's drilling, uh, she'll inject more anesthesia, and uh, just all the way until she's she's gotten enough in uh, to drive this pilot hole with the drill and then she'll take a a torque wrench it's got a little a little measuring on it very delicate little item but it looks like the one you use for your car it's just tiny and delicate looking and she torques the screw in the rest of the way so it's kind of like putting a screw in wood you drive a small pilot hole and then you put a a, a pilot hole that's small for your screw and then you put the screw in and and, you, and she torques it by hand and um and you know when when they put the hole in there when they put the hole, she puts powder bone from a cadaver, cadaver powder bone she puts in the hole. Then she screws the, the titanium screw in, and then she puts powder bone on top of it again. And then she sews, sews the gums back together. It's quite a procedure. I've had, like I said, I got four of these things because, um, you know, as a kid, we're we emigrated to the States when I was around nine, 10, we're just really poor, <laughs> really, really poor. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just, it's just what it is, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a journey, man. I've had to, I've got four of them. I've had to have each one of them reimplanted at least once. So I've, I've gone through about eight implantations to keep four in and I'll keep doing it as many times as it happens. I love having all my teeth back there. It's like my, my, four back molars that I'm, I work with. So, but yeah, I mean, it's good. And then I got operated a week then, and then I got on a humanitarian flight to get back to the U S so I'm back, <laughs> back in the, his a back in Las Vegas, we're wrapping up operations in Las Vegas and I'm, I'm heading back over to New York. So that's what we're doing now. Moving uh, the business need to build muscle and to be a nutrition. We're moving it back to, uh, to NY to the East coast. 
Yeah, I think uh, when you're weight training, you get these little nagging injuries on your body. And when you're sleeping at night, you tend to be in pain because, you know, we get used to that soreness, pain, the inflammation, you know, those types of uh, tendonitis. So we tend to clench at night. And I actually cracked a couple teeth by just clenching. I actually went to an orthopedic. I told him, I was like, I was like, my jaw hurts. Like, what's going on here? And he's like, you're clenching at night because you're in such pain you know, from these injuries you, you have from weight training that you clench your teeth. So one of the things I did is I got a mouth guard and I started using that and it's helped tremendously. But the thing is, once you transition to using a mouth guard, it's going to be very hard to stop because I, I actually did stopped using it for like four or five days and my entire neck was sore like for two weeks. So once you start using that, it's almost like a crutch. It's just like you start using it, you're going to be using it for the long term. So once you transition, you want to make sure that you're making, you know, the right decision. But so speaking of that though, speaking of, teeth, I keep, I keep four, I, I keep four mouth guards around that I have four fucking mouth guards. I have one, obviously for, for, for training, just my, and that would fit it to my, to my mouth. I have two that are to keep me from grinding my teeth at night. One that has, that's really, that's really thick and it's got a, a special ledge. So that when I'm sleeping, and I'm trying to grind, it makes my mouth move in a way that makes me like, makes me stop wanting to grind. And then I have another one that's just a protective one. It doesn't have the, the ledge on there to, to, to shift my, the, the way that I grind. Then I have a fourth one that's top and bottom that I put on when I'm snoring. When I have uh, sometimes when I'm not situated in my bed that I'm traveling or whatever, I'll tend to snore a little bit at night. So I, I put that, that top and bottom one on and it, and it shifts my jaw out some so that if I'm snoring, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, it's happened at times that I'm, you know, at a trip with a, with a girl or something, or I've got a girl staying over and middle of the night, she'll tap me. She'll be like, Ricky, you're snoring. So I just pull out my mouthpiece out of the, out of the, the night table put that, you know, swap, swap out from my uh, grinding mouthpiece to my snoring mouthpiece and put that on. So yeah, I'm all about those, those, those mouthpieces, man. I got four of them. That so you're I'm saying the mouthpiece actually one mouthpiece makes you snore and one doesn't. Oh no, no. One mouthpiece allows me to snore. One has a, okay. So the ones that are for me to not, not crush my teeth, I put at the, at the bottom, they're just a regular little tray. The one for not for, for snoring, it's got the bottom tray and it's got a top tray. And then it's got this, this plastic attachment to them. And what it does is it shifts my jaw forward just a little bit, just enough to keep it off of my, uh, off of my throat. So I don't snore. So, um, that's, I mean, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, See, it's, it's interesting because mine seems to reduce my snoring. Um, I, the, the one I have is just for my upper teeth. So that seems to have reduced my snoring, but I'm not hundred percent sure. So. I'm I'm fine with the snoring as long as I sleep on, on my regular position. But sometimes if I'm really exhausted, I had a long day, I'm too tired, I'll tend to shift out of my regular sleeping positions into weird, like, you know, different. And that's when I start snoring. If I'm really tired, if I'm not like extremely exhausted that day, I just get into my regular kind of side sleeping position. I'm fine until the morning time. I don't I don't shift at all. And I'm no, no snoring anything. But if I'm really tired, man, I'll bounce. Or if I have maybe um, a little bit of uh, indigestion that day for whatever, heavy meal in the afternoon, 
uh, I'll shift around in bed, and that when I get into weird positions, that's when the snoring will start. So I keep that mouthpiece on the side, like I said, in case someone stay with me or I'm on a trip, whatever it is. And then um, somebody complains, I'll pull it in. But yeah, man, for four mouthpieces. Yeah. I deal with a lot of this dental stuff, man. It's it's and it's a lot of time, a lot of pain, a lot of money. Yeah, growing up, it's very important that your parents, you know, took you to the dentist. You got proper dental work done. Then our teeth are very important. Um, when I was in my, uh, when I went to college, you know, I got kicked off my parents' insurance for dental, and I stopped going to the dentist for a few years. That was a huge mistake, guys. You have to keep going to the dentist. It sucks. No one likes to do it. But um, it's going to pay off in the long term because now once you get Rick's age, once you get my age, you're not going to be spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on dental procedures. That You know, I tell my sons like, hey, man, you see that, see that molar back there? That's, <laughs> that's a lot of pain and a lot of money. Now you've got some, some in your mouth that, that came in the kit. Don't, don't lose them. You know, each one of those that you let rot or you let go of, they cost a lot of money. So yeah, I mean, stateside, same. We're going to get a root canal, going to a decent. Four hundred bucks, five hundred bucks for a root canal or something. I think where I live, where I live, it's more like over a grand. If it's all the way in the back, it's over a grand, bro. But what? That's not. What kind of killed? Well, well, something that was kind of tough growing up when we came in is we, we ended up going to Long Island and then and then Y to like a rent control town, and now Long Island is one of the more expensive places to to live. I mean, you gotta. Medium household in Long Island nowadays is like over 110, 120 grand in medium household there. So we were in a rent control town. It's where all the, all the minorities lived and there was projects there and everything. So everything was still really expensive around the way. So if you just got out like dentists, you were paying Long Island prices. You know, doctors, you're paying Long Island prices. It's not like inner city where there is, there's always a cheaper options. And I don't know, man, it was just, I was a kid. I was like going to school, working, wrestling, you know, pretty much supporting myself. And I just didn't, just didn't have the money. It just didn't, my, my parents didn't have it. I didn't have it. Um, I, you know, it's just one of those things, but you know, now that I'm older, I drill them, <laughs> drill my teeth back in. And, uh, it's one of my, um, when I was a kid and I had, I was laying there, get with my mouth open, having my, my molars removed because I couldn't afford to get them fixed. Um, I promised myself one of many times I promised myself, like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make something of myself <laughs> and do something about this one day. And, um, you know, for good to, for good to do it. So every time I have to go through the pain of reimplanting uh, something that fell out, I, I, I think I remember that. I remember that this is, you know, there's something I wanted to do since I was a kid whatever yeah dent dentist so important you younger guys please go to the dentist guys every four to five months go to the dentist make sure you're getting a cleaning make sure you're getting x-rays a good dentist a good dentist who's not going to screw you over who's not going to be um an idiot and uh and that will prevent like getting a, a cavity filled 150 bucks getting a root canal because you didn't get that cavity filled in time a thousand bucks and then another 800 bucks for a crown. So you're, you're shelling out 1500 each time. You got to get that root canal and crown. So please, please make sure you take care of your teeth. Um, and that will prevent you having problems when you get older. Make sure you're brushing your teeth every day. Um, they I recommend an electronic toothbrush. And, uh, you know, it's very, very important. Make sure you're, you're flossing. Make sure, um, you know, you take care of your teeth. You're fasting. Fasting is important. Fasting will help 
um, you know, your teeth get healthier. All these things matter, guys. So, you know, speaking of that, Rick, we're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about recipes in this episode. Let's yeah, see. guys. So let's talk about recipes in this episode. You know, this all leads into that. Having healthy teeth. One of the key things of having healthy teeth is eating a healthy diet. 100%. You're eating refined sugars. You're eating stuff that don't belong in your body. Um, acidic foods, foods that, you know, become acidic in the body uh, that are not healthy. These all come back to bite you uh, when it comes to your health, both your teeth, everything, your organ health, everything. So, you know, in this episode, we're going to talk about recipe. One of my favorite recipes, Rick, is guacamole. And the thing I love about guacamole is you can make it year round. It's cheap to make, literally four bucks to make guacamole that'll last you two days. All you need with guacamole is you need avocado. I like a nice Haas avocado. You get tomato, nice organic tomato. Limes, get a lime. All you need is one lime, a small lime. You need some salt. You need some cilantro or you can use culantro. If you use culantro, you need a very, very small amount because if you use too much, it will ruin it. So either cilantro or culantro. I use culantro during the hot months because I grow my own. And I use cilantro during the cooler months because I grow my own in my garden. So I grow my, I grow the herb. I grew the tomato. I grow limes in my yard. The only thing I go to the store, I, 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 the only thing I need to buy is the avocado because I don't have enough room. Otherwise, I would grow an avocado. But the, the thing with avocados are only in season certain times of the year. So you're going to end up having to buy them even if you grow them in your yard. So very easy to make, guys. I have a recipe, evolution.org. You can Google evolution.org guacamole recipe. It'll come up. Very simple to make, cheap. You can make it with anything, Rick. Chicken, beef. You can make it with your salad. Oh, so good with your salad. I mean, you don't need dressing. You just add the guacamole. And I used to not like guacamole back in the day. I started eating it. Oh, my gosh. Now I love it. It's so good for you. It's got the... It's got, it's high in good fats, which Americans don't get any of. Very, very important. It's a weapon to, to consume avocado. You can, um, for the game, instead of buying, you know, the, the store made, you know, in the jar crap that they sell for your, for your, uh, you know, for your vegetables or your chips or something during the game, you can make fresh guac and your guests will absolutely love it. You know, that's a healthier option and they'll love it. It's fresh homemade. So you know, you can't find stuff like that in the store. Never, never buy, buy store-made guacamole. Ugh, making it your own is so fresh. How about you, Rick? What's another um, healthy recipe that you like? I like guacamole. Uh, I'll give you guys some variations. See, if you're a meathead, if you're a fisherman, farmer, I mean, some of these, some of us, we all know how to cook. Meathead, and, you, and, you're, and you're a meathead and a fisherman, so I know you're a real good cook, Steve. So... We're not going to get into, I'm not going to get into too many uh, measurements. I'm just going to tell you guys combinations, things you can do, then you can get creative with it. Wok, what do I like about guacamole? Um, here's the way I make wok. Uh, I wait until that damn avocado is ready to go. Just give it a nice grip. And as long as you can grip it and just basically just move the meat on it a little bit, you know, you know when it's ready. Once it's ready, I just slice it in half and I squeeze it out. I squeeze the avocado out of the skin like if it was a damn lime. I don't waste, a, I don't waste a, any of it. If you've got to stick a spoon in there in your avocado, it's probably not, a, not as, as ready 
to be consumed as I'm as I'm describing. You put that in into any bowl. You take a, a you take a uh, a fork and just beat it. You know, cream it. You can add powdered milk to your wok. It'll make it creamy. It'll make it taste nicer. It'll add more protein. It'll add some carbs. Um, it'll add some more fats, but it'll just it just gives it a really nice taste and a little bit of a of a lighter color. Real nice. You can add sour cream to it. Um, you can also add a, a Tabasco to your wok. Um, these are all things you can do with the wok. One another thing you should know about avocados. In Brazil, they eat avocados with brown sugar right on top. I learned this when I um, when I uh, went to train uh, jujitsu with some uh, some Brazilian guys in Colombia, and um, some of them were staying at my house during uh, during the time that we were doing all the seminars and stuff, and watched them eat avocado with just you know powdered uh, uh, brown sugar right on top. Like it was nothing. Also, if you take a, a tomato and you and you mince it up, tomato, garlic, uh, uh, onions, really nicely minced up, throw it in your wok is great. Spoonful of of coconut oil in your guacamole, awesome. Spoonful of olive oil in your guacamole, awesome. These are all things that are gonna give it better texture, mouthfeel, and you still and you still have a wok that you can use on chips, with meat, with beef, whatever. Um, by just adding all these, old, you can add all these little different things. One thing about guacamole is I like it to have that, that guacamole texture. I like it to be kind of smooth. And so that's why I wait until the wok is, the, the, the avocado is ripe and ready to go. And I'll add, like I said, powdered milk a little bit, a little bit, maybe sour cream, um, a spoonful of coconut oil. You can add all of those in a small measure, or you can add, more of one of those well, that's that's a good that's great so that's a good wok addition to just wanted to elaborate on your uh on your guacamole conversation there because you know all yeah. right guys so i'm gonna give you i love i you know we're kind of staying on the latin american food theme but it's because it's hard to find authentic latin american food in the united states because all these restaurants, you know, um, they claim, oh, it's authentic and it's not. And you see what they're putting in the food. It's all crap. They add all these preservatives and stuff. That's not real authentic food. That's insulting. Um, so I'm going to give you a fajita recipe. I'm going to give you a fajita recipe that's healthy. Okay. Nothing wrong with this recipe if you eat this stuff. So you can do steak and chicken fajitas. This is the way I marinate my steak and chicken fajitas. So I'll get the, I'll get the steak. I like to go get a sirloin, slice it up. And I'll get uh, chicken cutlets, slice them up into pieces. Then I'm going to do the marinade. The marinade is going to be a, the Fodi barbecue sauce. It's low FODMAP, so it doesn't irritate your stomach. You take, take some of that, and you put it, you put the, 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 put it in the bag. You put it in a, the mixing bag, or you just mix it on, on with the meat. Also add paprika and add lemon to it. Okay, That's all you need. You mix it up all together, let it sit in your fridge like for three or four hours. Then you take it, you can either put it on, uh, you can either bake it in the pan or you can put it on the barbecue. Um, over the weekend, I did this on the barbecue. You wanna make sure you put the chicken first. Don't mix them up, put the chicken first because the chicken takes a lot longer to cook than the beef. The beef is gonna cook very, very rapidly. So um, I like to, to preheat the, the barbecue 
on high, then lower it to medium, and then you're gonna cook the chicken, let the chicken cook, and then you can add the, uh, add the beef separately and let the beef cook. The beef will cook really quick on each side. Just try to flip the beef one time, and then with the chicken, you wanna flip it a few times. Always make sure with chicken you're cooking it thoroughly. Uh, chicken, a lot of foodborne illnesses um, you can get from it. So, I mean, then you take lettuce wraps. Lettuce wraps, that's gonna be your, your bread for your fajita, completely healthy. You can add some uh, low FODMAP salsa to it. You can add guacamole to it. Rick wants to jump in. Go ahead. I want to jump in about the lettuce wraps. Just tell everybody out there. Man, lettuce wraps, lettuce wraps and, and using lettuce has saved my life. For example, when I'm, when I'm cooking for family and, and people and I'm entertaining folks and, you know, normal people, they eat like bread and sugar, all kinds of shit. Well, I want to have a burger too, but I don't want to eat all the damn bread. So I'll just take a, I'll take my burger, wrap it in lettuce. It lettuce is like the perfect, the perfect carrier to like replace bread or, or tortillas or anything, you know, and, and it allows you to like enjoy the meal and enjoy the time with other people. Uh, if you, you just swap that out, just swap that ingredient out for lettuce. And I love burgers wrapped in lettuce. It's like the best. You just, you replace Absolutely. the lettuce yeah. with the bread. Yeah. Awesome. Just yeah. wanted to say that. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Same, and then same thing with burgers. Everyone's like, "Oh, I like to have a burger as my cheat meal." I'm like, "Burger doesn't have to be a cheat meal unless you make it a cheat meal." Going to McDonald's and getting a Big Mac, yeah, that's a cheat meal. That's I'll give you guys a, a cheat meal recipe for a burger. Actually, it's 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 on my it's on my Facebook. I'll, I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, tell us. Jump in, Rick. Tell us about it. Yeah. Okay, so we're, since we're we're kind of on the topic of burgers, I made a Cheetos burger. I made a whole video on it. It's, it's on Facebook. You gotta you gotta follow me on Facebook. You know if you. If you're not following me on Facebook and on Instagram, you're only getting half of the show because the other half is it's on Facebook. Uh, I publish a lot of fitness uh, girl pics, some original that, you know, are, are girls that work for, for neat for my brand. Others are just girls that want their pictures shared. So you guys got to come and follow me. If you want a, a quick link to my uh, Facebook, go to RickyVRock.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y-V. ROCK.com and, and then you get to my Instagram pretty pretty quickly. And um, so basically uh, what I like about what I like when I when I have a cheat meal, when I have a burger, I fry my burger meat. I don't I don't grill it, I don't do any of that. So I'll take the 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 I'll take the beef, ground beef, and just mix it with paprika, curcumin, a little bit of curry, a little bit of uh, of maybe even some some little bit of powdered garlic, salt, pepper, make my patty. And I actually throw it in a pan. A pan I put coconut oil, a little bit of butter, and then I take some some a little bit of garlic and just slice it and throw it in there. Throw it in the in the oil to just let it kind of season my oil a little bit. The garlic gets tossed out in the end. Sometimes when it's cooked, I'll snatch it up and just eat eat it with my hand. But then I'll take the the, the beef, the the burger patty, and I'll actually fry it in that oil. It's incredible. Man, when you have like a, a burger that's kind of fried in that, oh, so good. And then in that, once I remove, once I remove the burgers out of there, once I remove the, the meat out of there, I'll throw my onions in there, caramelized onions in that same mix. Once the onions are, are nice, nice and cooked, I get the onions out of there. And then I throw in there a little bit of cream cheese. I take the cream, uh, the cream cheese, I mix it in with the oil. Then I'll take the bun, the bread, burger bun, and I will coat the outside of it with the cream cheese. You know why? Because then I dip it in Cheetos crumbs. 
This is all on my Facebook. You got to come check it out. Just grab a bag of Cheetos, man. Just crush, crush, the, crush the Cheetos in there nicely and make a, in a little plate a little bed of, of Cheetos crumbs. And then you could just take and melt a little bit of cream cheese with a little bit of oil, coat the outside of your breads with it, run your bread through, uh, through the crumbs, Cheetos crumbs. I mean, this stuff is incredible. This is like a real cheat meal, like you're frying the burger. And then on top of that burger, I'll put like a, a little slice of, of avocado and a little, maybe a couple of little sticks of, uh, of cilantro, fresh cilantro, and obviously cheese. And you're good to go, man. That's a real cheat meal. It's my, <laughs> it's my Cheetos burger. So um, come check it out. That's a that's a nice one. So that's a that's still a good better show. than it's still better than going again on a Big Mac. You know what I'm saying? Oh well, it's it's so much tastier for one. Like it it really like it's really worth it. Like it's so much tastier to make your own burger at home. And I'm telling you guys, if when you want to have a cheat meal, really bad but so good, fry that damn burger meat. You know, just get like a quarter inch of a uh, of coconut oil on that pan. Throw a little bit of butter in there, a little, little slice, a little bit of garlic, and just psh, throw your burger patty in there. Man, something else. All right, guys, so I'm going to give you one. It's a really, really, you know, it's a tougher recipe to do than ones we mentioned. But uh, this, is a, this is a world class. Like if you're trying to, if you got people coming over or you got a date or something and you want to really impress her, I'm going to give you a grape leaf mess recipe. I don't know if you've ever had that, right, Rick? But that grape leaves are, are a delicacy in the Mediterranean. I'm going to give you a Mediterranean. We're moving to the Mediterranean now. Um, so what you want to do is you want to get – the key with grape leaves is authentic grape leaves, guys. You're going to have to go online and look for them. Look at the ingredients. If they add preservatives, it's a no-no. So you're going to have to find grape leaves either locally or online that don't have preservatives in them. Um, the only preservatives you should see is salt. Okay, that's the only thing they should be using. If they're using like – sodium benzoate or all this other crap that they put in it it's not good you're not going to find good grape leaves at walmart okay these are they basically uh these grape leaves can sit on the shelf for like years without going bad you want the grape leaves that expire like in the next month or two okay and expire after opening so you're gonna get the grape leaves you're gonna take the water out of them you're gonna get two pounds of like a london broil or a sirloin any type of meat fillet that sucker so it covers the bottom of your pan. That's going to prevent the grape leaves of sticking to the bottom. That's, that's a little secret that you're only going to hear from Steve. You're not going to hear that on YouTube or whatever. That's from me experience with this stuff. You're going to get rice, two and a half cups of rice with 30 ounces of grape leaves. So you may need to get two jars of grape leaves to get the 30 ounces. 20, it's like 25 to 30 ounces of the grape leaves. So you may, need, you may need two jars. Depends. If it's a big jar, you'll need one. If it's two small jars, you'll need two. Then what you do, you get a big, a big container, you mix, you get ground beef, you get about two and a quarter pound of grass-fed beef, put it in there. You're going to add about um, three spoonfuls of about a quarter teaspoon worth of cinnamon. You're going to add uh, about three and a half tablespoons of salt, and you're going to add uh, three quarter teaspoons, spoonfuls of black pepper. You're going to put it in there. You're going to mix it. I also like to add um, parsley. Cut up some parsley and throw it in there too. So you mix all that up. You mix that ground beef 
with those ingredients and the rice. You put the rice too, you mix it up in the container. Then you, on a sur you get a surface, you take a small piece of that mix that you did and you put it in the grape leaf and then you wrap it up. So you may have to go online and read, see some videos on how to wrap a grape leaf, but it's really easy from the side, you kind of put it together and then you wrap it. It's kind of like rolling a joint. So Rick, you, you might have experience with rolling joints, so it might be easy for you. So then you, you take the grape leaf, you put it in the pot and you just keep putting the grape leaves in the pot. It makes like, you'll make like three days worth of it with this recipe. And after you put it in, you're gonna add, um, I like to add five, good size lemons, lemon juice on top of it. Then you put it, uh, something on top so the grape leaves can't, can go up when it starts boiling. Fill up to the water all the way to the top of the grape leaves. Put it on high. As soon as it starts boiling, lower it to medium and then lower it like every 10 minutes until it's simmering. And then you let it simmer for 50 to 60 minutes. After 50, 60 minutes, you drain the water out and boom, you're good to go. So now you got two pounds of, of, of steak to eat and you got like 50 60 grape leaves and then i like to get like coconut yogurt and eat it with coconut yogurt it's like the best thing ever it's like the best thing ever so that's that's my recipe it's a little complicated guys but um you know if you follow exactly what i said you, you can do it. it may take some trial and error it's not an easy one rick do you have another recipe yeah i've got a good one i have a lot of single man recipes you know i don't i don't tend to have a females around to cook for me. So I have a, a lot of uh, single man recipes. So I, I'll reuse the same pan and I'll, and I will make sure to time my cooking in a way where I can just use the same pan. So I'll give you a really good one. Um, liver. There's a really good liver recipe. So get your pan. Always throw a, I always throw a, a spoonful of coconut oil in there. Sometimes too. Pinch of salt, pinch of, uh, of pepper, get your liver in there. Sear, you know, just sear it just in that, in that oil It'll let some of the blood out. It'll mix some of these juices with the, with the coconut oil. And once the liver is pretty, pretty well done, you can tell that it's done. You yank it out of there. And then you throw in that pan, you throw nuts. You can have like raw peanuts, almonds, whatever you want. Throw it in that pan where you were just making your, your liver and just give it some love. You know, use a, use a, I use a big wooden spoon and I just keep cooking them and moving them around. Some of the watery blood, some of the water in the blood that came out of the liver is going to reduce. And then you're going to have these nuts simmering over like this, this oily mixture is really nice. And just take it. I take my wooden spoon and I just go one by one. I'm giving it love. I'm cooking. So I just go one by one. And I crack them under the heat. Once they crack, I know they're kind of done. Once I know my nuts are kind of ready to be done, then I'll throw the third ingredient, which you can either use arugula or you can use kale. Throw a big chunk of arugula in there, a lot, or kale, or you can try both. I like arugula. And cook it until, until, uh, until those greens will start to reduce, 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 reduce in the pan. They'll start to get small. You have, a big, you have a big pan and just cook them right in there with your nuts. Once the greens have reduced some, um, then you take your liver, throw it back in a pan to heat it all up, and you serve it, man. Just that liver with your uh with your greens with those nuts just those three items it's an incredible just a, a great great meal good macros on it uh and you're getting i mean i like to eat every part of the animal <laughs> I'll, I'll eat pretty much any animal out there right so i like to eat every part of the animal so when i can eat like cow tongue 
or cow livers, or when I can get hearts, chicken hearts, chicken livers, I have some incredible, I'm going to give you guys some incredible chicken liver recipes later, but that's a good, um, that's a good recipe for, uh, for beef liver. You can pretty much do the same thing with chicken livers. Chicken livers are just incredible. I, um, chicken livers, I call it the, the, the poor man's foie gras. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite foie gras, but man, it's, it's gets you there. You know, if you're trying to do, if you're trying to eat something nice, tasty, those chicken livers, man, they'll get you close to that foie gras experience, at least better than any other thing you can buy and, and really eat consistently. Cause foie gras is, is kind of expensive, at least for me. So you can do the same thing. Chicken livers or beef livers, just the way I described. It's just a, a great way. Steve, I'm going to go pee. So while you go, just keep talking. I'll, I'll be back, right? You hear me, Steve? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So respond and I'll, I'll mute. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people think that they just eat the muscle part of the animal. And that's, um, I'm not sure if that's just people not understanding the way our bodies work. The muscle part of the animal is not the nutritious part of, of an animal. So that's why I laugh when people make fun of vegans or vegetarians. And I laugh because I ask them, it's like, what part of the animal are you eating? Oh, I ate a steak. I ate a steak last night. Well, the steak isn't, isn't even part of the animal that's, that's healthy. When, when you see like a lion in, in nature or a tiger or something and they kill an animal, the pack leader, the alpha, they don't eat the fucking steak from the animal. They eat the organs. So, I mean, if you want to be an alpha and you're a meat eater, you got to eat the organs to be the alpha. You got to eat the bone marrow. You got to eat the skin. That, you know, you got to eat the fat. That's where the nutrition is in the animal, not in the muscle part. So if you're just eating the muscle part, you're, you're not getting the nutrition needed. So one of my recipes I want to share is bone marrow. And how many of you have eaten, ever eaten bone marrow? Probably very, very few. But you're going to love this recipe because it's really easy to make. Um, and it's great for those of you who suffer from Crohn's or IBS or something. It can heal your gut. So what you do is you go, probably got to go to a health food store for this. Get the frozen bones, okay, that have nice big bone marrow in the middle. The grass-fed beef is the one that's the easiest to find. But you can also use um, bones from fish. You can use bones from chicken. But the bones from the beef usually have the most, most mar bone marrow. You get that. You're gonna buy um, you're gonna buy some of that, and then you're gonna get a crock pot, and you can buy a crock pot for like thirty bucks, forty bucks. It's really good to have. You're gonna fill the crock pot up with some. Um, you wanna make sure the broth that you're using doesn't have any garlic, onions, doesn't have anything added to it, just plain broth. Because you start adding onions, onions and garlic, it's kind of defeating the purpose of someone who has Crohn's or IBS because now the garlic and onions are going to irritate your Crohn's and IBS. So it defeats the purpose. You see what I'm saying? If you can't get that, just use water, just plain water. You're going to, you're going to fire up the crock pot. You're going to throw this, the bones in there, 36 hours, 48 hours. That's it. And then afterward, you can add some uh, baby spinach to it. You can add some, some vegetables. Okay. Some rice, stuff like that. And after that, you have the most nutritious thing ever imaginable. Tons of collagen, tons of collagen in it. It's going to heal. It's going to recover. 
It's going to help your gut fast for the day and then eat and then, and then have that broth. And it's going to just go in your stomach and it's going to be so nutritious for your stomach. All right, Rick. So we have time for one more. Do you have one more recipe you want to share? Oh, wow. Show's over so quickly. <laughs> um, can you, um, you can get panga in the States, right? Is that a fish? Yeah, fish, panga, right? Not, a, not typically, but I mean, well, we use a different type of fish. I mean, we time. usually have, yeah, depends. White fish. So I'm going to give you guys my uh, white fish ceviche recipe. I, I make this a lot in, when I'm visiting South America, but we use panga down there, which is a uh, Vietnamese fish, right? Uh, so, but white fish is, is the best. Some, some uh, in Peru, they traditionally use uh, flounder, I believe, right? But white fish ceviche. Basically, um, grab your limes. It's usually better to do it with limes. I like limes. Grab the limes, throw them in a little bucket with water so that the water, so that they sit in water for at least 10, 15 minutes. This gets all of the oil from outside of the lime, which makes sure that when you're squeezing your, your lime juice, you don't get a little drop of, uh, of oil in there, which will kind of tint the taste of it, make it bitter. So wash your limes and make your lime juice. When it comes to the fish, you want to make sure the fish is, is thawed out. It's not frozen. And you maybe want to take your fish, slice it up, and then put it in a cheesecloth and squeeze out the water. Sometimes when the fish fillets are being packaged, they'll inject water in them to make them wait more before freezing so they can charge more when they import them. So you want to make sure to get all your water out of the fish. Because if you don't and you throw fish in there that's got water in it, it's going to dilute your lemon mix and then it won't cook. Once you got that, that once you got the fish sliced, thawed out, and you've gotten all the water out of it, and you've got a nice big pot of lime juice. Um, mix them up. Just put your white fish in there, nice and sliced with the lime juice. The lime juice is going to cook the fish, where you'll even see a difference in the in the meat of the fish. It'll it'll turn that that really kind of opaque white cotton color when when fish is cooked. It'll it won't have that uh that kind of gelatinous look to it. And you just let it sit there and you, and you, and you cook it. You cook it until the meat changes color. Um, once the meat starts to change color, you could throw some onions in there, sliced onions, a little bit of uh, cilantro, a little bit of maybe mixed minced garlic. Um, you can make tiger milk as well. How do you make tiger milk? Just throw evaporated milk over that mix and it'll be nice. If you, don't, if you wanna make your own without evaporated milk, you could just take some of that, some of that same lemon juice out that you just used to cook all of your, uh, all of your, uh, all of your ceviche rice because you're basically cooking the the meat without any heat. You're letting the the acid and the and the lime basically cook the meat for you. You take some of that lime juice, you throw it in a in a little blender, and then you could throw in a, a spoonful or two of powdered milk, and uh, and just throw in a, a little a little bit of uh, ginger, you know, if you could get lice ginger, and maybe a little bit of uh, of curry. Blend that, and that's your tiger milk, and you could throw that right on top of your ceviche. So I'm I'm I don't eat fish anymore because I've said it on the podcast. I think fish meat has become too too toxic, too tainted with pollutants. But when I used to when I used to eat a lot of uh, fish meat ceviche was on the menu probably once per week so that's a, that's a really that's a really nice one and i got a bonus i got a bonus recipe i got a dessert recipe ready for this one 
So bonus recipe, I've been messing with this one. Uh, it's pretty good, pretty simple. It's protein jello. It's high protein, low carbohydrate jello. So here's what you do. You take your, your regular jello from the store. If you can get sugarless, that you know, flavorless is fine, is great. Or if you want to treat yourself a little bit and get the one that's got the sugar, that's fine. Gelatin is, is mostly collagen. So you just make, you boil water in a pot. As you're boiling the water in that pot, you take cold water in, a, in another little container. You have to measure it out to whatever, to whatever the package tells you, because I don't know what package you're picking up with this jello. And then the cold water, you just mix. You can mix up three scoops of protein powder and then whey protein. Just mix it in that cold water and just make sure you, 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 know, you beat it in there. You get, that, you get a nice mix of whey protein, two, three, three scoops in that cold water. Once, once you've, you know, you've boiled your, uh, your jello and, and you've got the, the jello mix warm it, it, with the hot water, you add the, it's your cold water, you add that protein mix you just made. And that jello is going to coagulate so nice. It's going to coagulate so nice. It's going to have an opaque color to it. And it's going to have, you know, if you threw three scoops in there, it's going to have about 90 grams of whey protein in there. It'll taste incredible. It's good jello. And another, if you want to add some more, a little bit more calories and, and give it better taste when you eat it, you take some of that jello and then you throw powdered milk in there. I, I use powdered milk a lot. In, in a lot of my uh, my little my cooking, I mentioned putting powdered milk just now in avocados, in in the tiger milk for your ceviche, and now powdered milk as a a little it's a little just a little extra for taste that you throw on top, just sprinkle it on top of your of your protein jello. But yeah, I mean the only big difference to making the protein jello is your cold water that you would add to your warm mix of jello. You just you just dilute. And go hard, you know, some three, I'd say if you got, if you're mixing, you know, eight ounces and eight, in eight ounces of water, you could dissolve a good two, three a scoops of whey protein and just mix that in, get it in there. So protein jello is, has been a big go-to for me. I like protein jello a lot. It's just a good, fun way to have ready protein. You could like just, just keep a big tray of it in your refrigerator I did the math on the last one I made. It was only about, I think about 30 grams of carbs by 120 grams of protein in this big tray of Jello, And I just, I ate it in three parts. Each night I had a big bowl, uh, a third of it. And yeah, each bowl was about 30 something grams of, of protein by only about five, 10 grams of carbs. I mean, it was just, it was really good macros. So that's a nice, uh, that's a nice one to do. Um, I, I'm going to put up a recipe for that one. Also, my banana smash. I, I have a video and a, a whole instruction set on, on my Facebook on how to make the banana smash. You, pretty simple. You take a ripe banana when it's already, when it's already starting to get some dark spots. It's got to be like, you know, it's got to have a little bit of dark spots outside. You put that in a bowl, and then you, you start smashing it down with just a fork. And you'll be surprised how much water and sugars there's actually in that banana. You just can't tell because of the texture of it when you eat it, but it's, a, it's got a lot of sugar and a lot of water, that banana. Once you start to squeeze it in and it starts to mush a little bit, you throw one, maybe depending on the size of the banana, two scoops of whey protein in there. You just keep mixing. 
and just have faith in it. Just keep mixing it. Have faith in it because what's going to happen is that whey protein is going to even continue to separate and suck that water out of that, out of that banana. And next thing you know, this thing is going to turn to consistency of pudding. Like pudding when I mean that it will flow. Yes, you take a banana that looks dry and you take a, a, just a scoop of whey protein that also looks dry and you mix them in a bowl and you just mash the shit out of it with a, with a fork and you just keep going, it'll get mushy to the, like, it'll get mushy to the point where you can just start beating it, flipping it and, uh, uh, with the fork and it'll get the consistency of pudding. You, you have no idea where all that moisture came from. It looks like it came out of nowhere. As a matter of fact, as you're doing it, you're surprised as hell because the more you flip and smash that banana with the whey protein, the, the looser and wetter it gets and the more liquidy it gets. It's incredible. And it's just a great, it's just another great fun way to have your whey protein. It's like, I'll make the banana smash and then I'll, 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 I'll throw it in a cup and I'll throw it in a freezer. And then when I come back, I know I've got a, a banana and a scoop of protein in, in, in basically a, a popsicle is what it is at that point. So that's another good, uh, um, kind of dessert, high protein dessert recipe that, uh, that we, that you can make. All right, bro. Yeah. And, and, uh, Rick, uh, why don't you tell them your Facebook again so they can, uh, join you and look at these recipes. Well, if you look for me on Facebook, you, you look for Ricky, R I C K Y space V space rock, Ricky V rock. Or if you just go to my, my URL, it should forward you right to my Facebook. If, um, if not, it'll forward you to a page that has my Facebook link, my Facebook link to it, that has my Facebook link to it. Um, and that is Ricky, R-I-C-K-Y, V as in victory, R-O-C-K.com, RickyVRock.com. Um, yeah, just come, come check it out. I'm, I'm, you know, make sure to friend me on Facebook. I'm not up to 5,000 friends. Once I have 5,000 people, I can't, you can't friend me. I do have a fan page. You can also... I'll check that out. And why would you want to follow me on social? I'll tell you why. Every day I'm putting up the best, hottest fitness chicks pictures on the net. Some of them are sponsored by us or that, with original content. Others are just girls that want their post shared. I'm posting up recipes, muscle recipes. I'm posting up pictures, posting up memes, really funny fitness-related memes. And just in the podcast, no politics, no... Uh, None of that BS news stuff. Nah, we're just talking about meathead stuff, meathead memes, uh, fitness chicks, you know, girls with muscles. Um, and, and you also get an update. Every time there's a new podcast, I throw a link up on my wall. So, you know, you're, if you're not following me on social, if you're not on Facebook connected with Steve and myself, and you're, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're missing out on, on a big part of the experience. Uh, uh, you know, if you're just going to wait to get the show on your phone twice a week, three times a week now with the episodes you're doing with mobster, then, um, you're missing out. You, you want to link up with me, follow the pages and make sure it keeps you motivated. The memes keep you motivated. We don't just do, we do fitness girls pictures. We do some funny memes, but we also do charts where we teach you about nutrition, proper exercise, and just a meme. So you can be scrolling through your feed and you'll get a meme from me with a hot fitness chick. And you scroll down a little bit and you get a recipe. And then you'll scroll and then next thing you know, you get a chart showing you proper exercise form, how not to be done, how it should be done. You know, a chart with different macros or different foods. I mean, we really try to bring everything from entertainment to information to everybody that follows us on social. So make sure to link up. 
And, and like I said, guys, I'm not up to 5,000 friends yet. If you come out and you uh, friend me, I'll, I'll accept you. Just make sure you come out and, and, and just support. You'll be able to listen to the podcast. And if you have a question about something here on the podcast, you can go right on social and send me an inbox and, and ask me. You know, and if you have a question you'd like to see addressed on the podcast, you do the same. You know, me and Steve are available for you guys on social. That's, that's the other half of the show that you guys should be, uh, should be after us for. All right, guys. And best way to reach me, guys, Steve SMI on the forums. Uh, that's, how, that's how the best way you can reach me. Um, feel free to post up. We actually have a podcast thread in the sticky. If you have a question you want us to ask on the podcast, post in there. Uh, the next episode we're going to do, Rick, we have several questions already on there that have been posted in the past week or two. And we're going we're gonna to definitely talk about those on the next Q&A, by the way. Not in the next Q&A, the Q&A after that, because I'm compiling. Once we get enough to talk about, we're going to just do a complete user Q&A, uh, listener Q&A from that thread. So go on that thread. It's on evolution.org. Hit the forums. Sign up. Don't be shy. And very you'll very see that important, thread. guys. Very important, guys, to, to get very important guys to get on the forum. You know, Facebook is, is nice because the, everybody uses the app. You get the feed. But we can't really do good steroid discussion openly on Facebook. I can't give you guys the same content and talk to you guys. And Steve can't talk to you guys the same way on Facebook that we can on the forums. So evolutionary.org, elitefitness.com. You want to make sure to get to, the, get to the forums, sign up, register an account, make sure you use an email address that you're not going to lose, and just get in there and Look for Steve. Steve's always on the forums. Uh, you can search his name out or just uh, or just email him. I mean, just it's real easy to find Steve on the forums. Real easy to find me. Just run a search for our, for our username. He's uh, Steve SMI. I'm Ricky V Rock. Just how uh, I'm Ricky V on the forums, right? Rick V. Um, R I C K space V. And just or just post up your question. We'll see your question when you post it up. You know, we'll come to you. So. The forums are really where you want to go in and really ask your steroid questions, really talk in depth about the questions you have. You can be completely anonymous, make up a username, use an email address, that, that uh, whatever email address you want. If you post stuff on the forums or talk about stuff on the forums, they're not connected to Google and Facebook and YouTube. You're not going to be followed around with ads about what you posted. When you do it on Google and you ask Google a question, Google will follow you around everywhere. But uh, on the forums, you can go in, talk about your cycle, ask questions, completely anonymous. We're not anonymous. You'll be talking to us. But you'll be anonymous from the rest of, of the internet knowing what you're discussing there. So make sure to get out there. Evolutionary.org, EliteFitness.com, uh, the forums, best places to post your questions and, and get uh, answers from me and Steve. All right, guys. <clears throat> Podcast 336. Hope you enjoyed it. We have another one next week. For Steve, me, and Rick, another episode. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.